1: Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. I am welcoming Sarah on today. Hi, Sarah.
2: Hi.
1: Nice to meet you. You too. So Sarah, you reached out after I kind of put like my call to action on Instagram for all the topics that I wanted to chat about. And the topic that you were interested in talking about was the relationship that you have with the ex and that it's a little different than, you know, where I'm coming from and where other listeners are coming from and that you have like a pretty decent relationship with the ex.
2: Yeah, but it didn't start that way. So Yeah.
1: So that's what I, that's that's what we're gonna to talk about. Some
2: hope and some um maybe some insight on how we got there
1: and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and I wanna say that, you know, I speak to stepmoms, obviously it's the platform. And Over the past several months specifically, I've been getting a lot of bio moms reaching out to me and in a very kind way saying, you know what? Uh, My partner or my ex-partner has moved on. I think there's going to be a stepmom in the future. I want to know how to navigate this relationship coming from your point of view. And I... Freaking love that. I love yeah. that there are like proactive bio moms out there that are noticing, you know, like the dynamics of the relationship and want to do it intentionally. So that's kind of what I want to incorporate in this episode too, are the both like the stepmom perspective and also for the biomoms listening, like this is important for you to know about, you know, what stepmoms are thinking and and where we're at. So all that to say, <laughs> how about we start with a little intro to you and your family dynamic how long you've been doing the stepmom thing sure so i've been with my partner for about so he's
2: my husband now eight and a half years i have been doing the stepmom i don't know the unofficial stepmom thing for five and a half years That's when we moved in together and we thanks to covid we are one year married on the 29th of october this year yay october wedding yeah oh we yeah the 24th Oh, are you? Nice. Yeah. yeah. I had to keep telling people it's not a Halloween wedding, but right. <laughs> it's a fall wedding. Yeah. So COVID kind of threw a wrench in a bit of our plans, but we managed to to sneak a wedding out as everything was getting back to normal in, in October of 2022.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like you guys were together for quite a bit before you moved in. Is yes. That- we yeah? were together
2: for about three years. And actually I had known, him, we worked together, so I actually knew him married. Okay. Um, and we had been friends first for about four and a half years. Oh, wow! Well. Before we even started
1: the dating thing, so mm-hmm. so you were friends while he was going through his divorce and stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And were you friends or acquaintances with his ex prior to? No. Okay. No,
2: she didn't really give me much of time a day. We weren't. Uh, how do I? We were work friends, I guess is the best way to say it. We were super close at work. We knew everything about each other. But you know how like there's those work friends you go, they're like you your ride or die at work, but you don't have a lot of communication or hang of work. time outside of work. Sure. And yeah. that's kind of where we were. And then it just kind of grew. We were laid off. They closed the office we were in. And we both kind of realized after he was separated, they closed the office and Actually, he found out he was getting laid off like
1: two weeks before they separated. So he had a really rough go. That's a lot to manage all at the same time. And then they
2: closed the office like six months later. And then after they closed, we realized we actually kind of liked spending time together. And then it just kind of grew. We started dating probably about six months after that. So, okay.
1: Yeah. I'm always curious. So, you took a little while before you moved in and stuff. How long was it before you uh, met the kids?
2: So, we started dating kind of later in 2015, and I didn't meet the kids until late summer of 2017. Oh, wow. So, my husband had told them about us probably early in 2017. We really wanted to give them the chance to get used to the fact that i existed, my name, what he was doing with me on times where he wasn't with them just kind of bring me in and then we kind of went from there and then we moved in together about 8 months later.
1: Okay. Yeah, i mean, everyone has their own reasons and and you know, and sometimes people move in with each other just based on convenience or you or, you know, whatever, right? But it's interesting to hear when people really like take their time because that's usually like the guidance that people give, which is not always realistic, 100%. you know? So it's, I think, how do you think that that timeline was really helpful to you? Do you think that timeline, you know, do you feel like you were like tapping your fingers? Like, can we do this a little faster? <laughs> I, To be honest with you, it was probably both. Sure. I would have loved faster
2: just because I loved him. However, I think if we had gone any faster, I don't know if we would be here today. We we really let that relationship become as solid as it could possibly be before adding in the pieces that can tear you apart. So, we we got to that point where the relationship was non-negotiable. Like this was breaking up was not an option. <laughs> so, it was we were so far in it and so much in love that we we had to get through anything and whatever threw at us like we just needed to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that, and that's really what all the therapists and marriage profession, like all all of the research says, is that you have to you make that foundation you you know bring up that point of. Blended family life is hard, and there's all these different things that are thrown into the mix that are on top of the normal relationship issues that you have to figure out, right? And so to make sure you are super solid before you're adding into that chaos that's bound to happen.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. Did waiting three years make the chaos of the blended family less? Absolutely not. Right. It did not change what happened at all. All it did was ensure that we were solid enough to get through it.
0: Mm -hmm. Love
1: that. So you met the kids further down the line. When did the ex learn of your existence and how did that go? So my husband is
2: just a really great guy. He told her about me before he even told the kids. So he wanted her to know that I existed. So she probably knew a month to a month and a half before he sat down and told the kids that I existed. Just to even get her used to it, he knew that they were going to come to her with questions. And he didn't want her to be blindsided, blindsided. with the mm-hmm. fact or not even have the time to really wrap her head around it. So, yeah, we she knew about me about a month and a half before the kids did.
1: Mm-hmm. And was that appreciated on her part? And how did she kind of respond to?
2: I don't think it was even... A consideration of appreciation on that side. I think, I think if you look back now, she would probably appreciate that the way we did it. And I think she looks back now and realizes everything we did to make sure we got to this point. At the time, I think there was more just a, oh shit, this is gonna happen. Like, what am I gonna have to do with it and my feelings and all that kind of stuff? She was not receptive to me. She didn't like that he was spending time with me and not prioritizing the kids and all that kind of stuff. Like, just the classic, like, use against you kind of tactics of, like, leave Sarah alone, come, like, you should be paying attention to what, what these kids, the kids need right now and all that kind of stuff. And he was pretty quick to shut that down, like... No, I'm like, this is my off time. Like I can do what I need to do. And I'm answering your phone call. I'm talking to the kids when they need to be talked to. Like I'm still here, but it doesn't mean it's a priority difference.
1: Yeah. So two things you mentioned here, I just want to point out, like, especially like bio moms, right? The bio, mom, the bio moms are listening. <laughs> it's things to consider when, you know, you are anticipating or if you're even starting, you know, that your ex is going to move on and they're going to find someone and whatever things to ask yourself, do you want to be informed prior to the kids meeting that person? And then if the answer is yes, to like prepare yourself for that, like think, okay, this is and go in thinking it's going to happen, not if it's going to happen, but when and then also like your point of the bio mom, you know, you know, kind of calling out like you should be worried about the kids right now, not dating. I think that is a very classic thing for exes to come at them with. Right. And I will always call that the, they're getting their, their ex mixed up with the parent side of co-parenting. Yeah, right. They're getting more upset that their ex is moving on and it doesn't even affect the kids, but they're making it related to the kids. And it's really not right. Like well, the feelings that you're having are more about the fact that he's your ex, not the fact that he's the parent to your kid. And to be able yeah, to and recognize I will, that. I will say it was not something that lasted for very long. Well, uh-huh. oh, And I think it's a totally normal feeling, but it's yeah, like-
2: a 100%. We're
1: all kind of in it needing to- Be aware of what's happening for us. And I think that, you know, like episodes like this, right, where people can listen and go, oh, okay, this is something that I might be feeling. Being able to go, oh, yeah, all right, now I'm experiencing that. This is what I can do. And this is normal, but we got to move through it and not stay there too long.
2: Agreed. I mean, I think, yeah. And I think those that stay there too long, that's when you start running into the unhealthy relationship that will continue on if. If one or both are staying there, and then from a stepmom stepmom step standpoint, if you're focusing too much on that, it's it's going to end up the same way for you. You're going to build that type of relationship, and that's you just have to understand it's not about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't Which matter the hardest thing. What
2: but- <laughs> name he said at that time? That feeling was going to be there for her. It's not a personal feeling towards me. Yeah, it's just she has to get through her point and feelings
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We're all on our own journeys. So, when you became an a uh, thought to her of okay, you exist, when was there any discussion about you meeting her or was she interested in meeting you and officially like getting to know you in any way? What was that like? So it's a pretty gray area, I will say.
2: She didn't express much interest, but I didn't either. Because she, um, I'm pretty strong independent female, but I, I I can crumble too. And she was pretty strong in some of her, her texts and feelings and words at the beginning of, of how she expected me to kind of show up. And... It it was hard on me and I was just kind of like, you know, I'm not ready to be in the same room with this person right now. There's no need for me to be in the same room. I'm not spending any time with the kids. It's, it's
1: just it wasn't there for that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example of what expectations she was having at that time? There'd be like certain events. There was an event after I had met the kids.
2: I had not met her. My hu- that my husband wanted me to attend. She was pretty strong-willed about me not attending. And she didn't say some very nice things. Mm. And so she wanted you to attend. No, she did not. Oh, she. Oh, gotcha. She did not want me to attend. My husband did. Okay. Got it. It was a pretty big event for the eldest. I should mention, sorry, I totally skipped over this in the bio. The kids were 17, 13, and 9 when we moved Whoa. in together. Yeah. 17, 13, and 9. Yeah. So there were some pretty big monumental events coming up. The eldest was graduating high school, all that kind of stuff. We knew that this was was it for us. I was going to be in these kids' lives for the rest of their lives or the rest of our lives. And he wanted me at special events. And she was very much not wanting there um, until she got somebody.
0: Oh and yeah, And then she's the like,
2: classic, like <laughs> classic double standard. And so I was just not ready to meet this person ahead of time. I had a really hard time separating the words she was saying from like the what I was feeling. And I just knew it was unhealthy for me to be put in that situation. And I don't think she was ready for it either. I was pretty cognizant of both of our feelings and he didn't push it. He's just like, it's fine. Like, these are the decisions I'm making. If she wants to get on board, that's fine. If she doesn't, she can't control that. So we just kind of did everything organically and went from there. So we met uh, probably about two weeks after we moved in together. Okay. Was it like a
1: formal meeting?
2: Yeah, a formal meeting we had a pretty strong phone call in the beginning of she was causing a lot of heartache for my husband in, in which now I look back and I'm just like, we probably should have met before her kids were sleeping in a house with me Mm-kay. that she didn't know. Like I look back and I'm just like, oh, okay. Maybe we didn't handle that the best. So we, we kind of moved on to a hard conversation where she's, She's like, I don't even know you, and you're sitting here with my kids, and it's just like, she's like, I asked to meet you, and all this kind of stuff, and it was just like, okay, but I wasn't ready, and I said, and this isn't just about you, like I'm a person in this as well, and so we, it was a hard conversation to have, but a necessary one, and then we met, and it was awkward, and it was, it was what it was, but it was, it was needed,
1: yeah. I think what you're mentioning here is this power dynamic, right? Where this power dynamic and this feeling of entitlement, that some of it is warranted. Absolutely. She is the mother of the children. I understand that. But it's this negligent thinking and that there's not another person involved who has feelings and comfort levels. And it's like a lot of bio moms make that assumption of, You know, and I feel like I've heard it from both sides because I've also heard, you know, bio moms don't want to meet the stepmom. And then the stepmom is like, what the hell? Like, why wouldn't you want to meet someone who's with your kids all the time? And then there's maybe your situation where it's like, I'm not opposed to meeting you. It's, I just want it to also be on my timeline. And when we're both comfortable, like, thanks for letting me know you're ready. I may not be there quite yet. Right. And then bio moms may not like that response because they have this, you know, feeling of entitlement or urgency or sense of control or whatever it might be, which again makes sense. But I think for the bio mom perspective, to for them to go into it thinking, I might be ready, I'm going to propose this, they might say no. And how am I going to feel if that's the case? And is there a way to come up with some sort of compromise or plan of all right? You may not be ready now. Let's circle back to that or something.
2: Exactly. And if if the stepmom says no, think back and say, is is there stuff that happened in the last little while since I knew about this person that that maybe she's
1: aware of that is is scaring her right? <laughs> on why sure. to meet me. Like, have I not been my best self and now she's a little intimidated and why would she want to meet me?
2: Yeah. And it's just like, nobody wants to put themselves in those positions. I also at the time was not aware that she was ready to meet me. I think maybe if I had been made aware, I would have kind of put my big girl pants on and we would have kind of figured out a way to do it. But hindsight's 50-50. Like, everything that we did and everything we went through has gotten us to this point right now. And I think we just have to own those decisions. And yes, maybe it made us work harder in other ways, but it brought us to where
1: we are right now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think the other thing to have to, and this is more for the stepmoms out there, we always talk about that narrative of like the e- evil stepmom and that's how it's portrayed and all that kind of stuff. We also have to remember that that's how it's portrayed to the bio mom in the media as well. And if they're not aware of this type of relationship outside of that, they don't always, like, they're going in prepared for the worst. And sometimes it's hard for them to realize, like, what's portrayed out there is not actually how 99% of us are. And yes, there's a, there's bad apples out there who make us all look bad. Um, but chances are, that's not what you're going to get. And I would hope that that's not what you're going to get. And I would hope that the person who's coming into this relationship is coming in knowing that you have to be this type of person to not screw it up. Like, (laughs) kids only get one life. They only get one life. And you cannot be the reason that it got screwed up, no matter what it is.
1: Yeah. There's a lot that we don't know going into it. Um, but I think that you're right in the sense of, you know, there's some obvious points that we have to consider when we're with someone with kids, um, and maybe the situations that we will be presented with. Um, and it take, again, I'm just repeating myself. It takes so much self discovery and personal growth, And really knowing, really just knowing yourself and what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with, the ability to articulate that to the people that need to hear it. I think that that's a big piece. But, you know, the exes, we're all a part of it. And I I said recently in a one-on-one session, you know, because this particular stepmom was obviously super focused on her own experience. And, you know, we had to spend some time expanding our thoughts and thinking that you are one piece of the puzzle and that everyone else in your family dynamic has a role to play and their own journey that they're going on and all of it is valid all of it is valid where you know the stepmom has her experience and it's weird for its unique ways and then the ex has hers and your partners have theirs our stepkids even the in-laws like whoever right and I think that we have this, we have to consider that when we're going through our own shit. A hundred percent. And you don't,
2: I don't want to make it all about the stepmom recognizing the, the bio mom's feelings, but you also have to look within their experience. And now I know she's got a stepmom that is not very nice Oh, and is not a great like experience. Like her own stepmom? Yeah. Okay. So she's coming and in with that experience. So she's coming in with that experience and I'm coming in with zero experience. I'm coming in from a fully my parents are still happily together, mm-hmm. like
1: nuclear family, I yeah. I don't
2: have a lot of experience with this. I don't have a lot of um friends who have this experience. Like my I look back and I'm just like I have one high school friend who really had it. And from an outside perspective, I mean, at 14, they looked like they were great. And it's just like, but you don't know if they were. So you don't really know that experience. So looking back now, I know she was coming from more of a place of, oh no, what if my kids are going to have what I have?
1: Yeah, that fear. And
2: and that caused a lot of internal insecurities for her because she didn't want her kids to have that and it really took me just showing up as my authentic self for her to really understand that. And I think it took time, but she got there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the beginning and that it was a little like, oh, you know, the the woes of of early stuff. How do you feel that your relationship progressed? Do you think, I mean, because I'm always, I'm always this like, person that I feel like, and this is probably why I'm a clinician, right? I always feel like we need to have a discussion to move things forward. And, and I realized with my own ex situation that things just kind of develop over time. And there's, I did my one peace offering, you know, to her years and years ago, and she squashed that. But now over time, I'm like, you just said, like, I just show up as my authentic self and I'm pretty much like, take it or leave it. Like, I'm not going anywhere. This is what you can expect of me. I'm gonna be consistent. You're gonna see me at these things. I'm gonna show up in this way. And you kind of just like this is it. There was no like real conversation of what our relationship is going to be like, what the expectations are, and there rarely is. So for you, how had how has things progressed and turned into more of a positive, healthier dynamic?
2: I think, like you said, just showing up. For the first little while, it was just showing up. But not showing up with an expectation of, like, my backup. I'm automatically going to be standoffish to her. I'm going to – I treated her like I would treat anybody who was standing next to me with with respect and positivity. And it, it, it's not hard to be nice. And so I think just just showing her that I – Was a decent human being, really pushed that along. But also really getting her to trust the fact that I was not looking to replace her. I had zero want to be these kids' mom. They have a mom. She's a great mom. I I they they don't need me as a mom. They just need a Sarah. And that's all I was looking to be. And I think. At, she's told me in the beginning she was really worried that come in and just be like that evil stepmom you don't need your mom I'm here now like all that kind of stuff and that's it's not what I was looking to be I
1: don't want to be their mom I've never met a stepmom that even says that so even to, it's just like it actually kind of makes my skin crawl because I because I'm like <laughs> the thing the idea that people think that this actually happens yeah but i feel like it does happen yeah
2: on the rare occasion but when it does happen that's what gets amplified yeah publicized or that's what goes viral. goes viral like yeah. all that kind of stuff like and that's just and that's what's scary for all of us is that's not really the truth and that's not really what happens but people have a hard time separating that that's not really what happens so I think her just understanding that I, I was not looking to become that to her kids. I also was pretty adamant to both my husband, and I think she found out more through just the support. I said to my husband from day one, I'm not going to blindly support you just because you're my husband. I'm like, if, if there's a good disagreement or you both are making points, I'm going to tell you which one I agree with. Nice. And that may not always be yours. Yeah. Because because I'm a person too, and if I can see it from her point and I think that that's a stronger point than yours, we're going to have to discuss that. And I think she kind of understood that because there is times where we would have to have a conversation and she saw that I was I was fighting for what I believed, not necessarily for what he believed because he can also be very good at making decisions out of dislike.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: And sometimes I have to say to him,
1: I'm like, oh, you're making this decision kind of be being an asshole right now. Yes. <laughs> it's I just think that, like, that is kudos to you. I think that that's something, especially that you're saying that this happened earlier on in your relationship. I think that, that's not something we talk about enough where sometimes we won't be in line with our partners and it will get to, it will be, you know, we'll have to disagree with them. Or I don't think that I really realized that because, you know, admittedly my husband kind of like painted this picture of the dynamic and what things, you know, and I wanted to support him of course, but then as time went on, it was like, Hmm, I don't know, you know, and I, it took me a little bit to get my voice. Um, but I, I think that that's such an important piece in your relationship to be able to have that freedom and that safety to disagree with your partner and say, eh, actually I'm seeing more of her side this time. And I'm thinking going about it this way, you know, and having that, having that be okay. There's definitely been times where my husband has looked me dead in the eye and is like, seriously, you're taking her side. And I'm like,
2: Sweden, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, but, I, but I'm but i also not afraid to be like, no, I'm not necessarily taking her side. I'm, I'm taking the side of what I feel is right. It's not because it's
1: her. Right. If it were reversed, it would be, you know. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. what
2: I think I really needed him to understand. And yes, all that fun stuff, 100%. But I think as the time went on and he realized that I wasn't doing this to be... Like difficult for him or difficult for her, it was just these conversations that we needed to have. And I look at it too. We're not having an hours baby, um, just due for lots of reasons. Um, but if we were going to, there's times where we're going to be like this too, and you have to be able to communicate that. Oh yeah. And if you cannot communicate that, whether it's with stepkids or not, you're you're not going to succeed
1: in this journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's that communication skill there where, and that's just kind of, and I love that you brought this up too, because it's like, there's things that are absolutely hundred percent blended family related. And then there's things that are, no, we're just parenting together and I'm not always going to agree with you. <laughs> and you know, my husband and I had a conversation a couple of nights ago where I disagreed with how he handled something with our daughter. And I literally had this moment of like validation and that, I have the same conversations with him with my stepson. And it was just this validation of like, this is just really normal. And like, I felt validated in that, like, oh, we, him and I have been having these conversations since before my daughter was born. Right. And that it's just, this is, this is how we're parenting together. And I think that we always want to support our partners, but it's definitely... Important for us to be able to speak freely and have suggestions, even if it's going against what they're, you know, wanting. And there's times when I've straight up been like, "Babe, you're being high conflict right now. Like, hundred percent, putting gas on the fire for no damn reason, and you need to just stop." Or I give him some perspective where I'm like, "I don't think that she meant it that way. Like, if he's misreading a text or something." I'm like, I think that you just hate her stupid guts and you're gonna read any text with some sort of tone and all she's doing is, you know, and and yeah, it's, and then I feel like I'm a referee and I'm like, oh God.
2: I (laughs) agreed, I agreed. But at the same time, sometimes taking 10 minutes to be a referee is better than four hours of drama back and forth. And it's just like getting them to understand like, hey, you you might have, not read that, right? Or there's so many times where I'm just like, why did you answer her like that? (laughs) It's like, that was kind of mean. I'm like, would you have talked to me that way? If I asked this question, he's like, well, no. I'm like, then you're different. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same. Yes. Yeah. I know
1: what you're saying. Yeah. She
2: didn't ask that question to be anything. Right. She just asked that question because it's what she needs for the kids. I'm like, if we were standing in the kitchen and I asked you that same question, would you have responded to me like that? If yep. the answer is no, then you maybe have to check yourself.
1: Right. And that's where that line, right? The blurry line of, are you responding to your ex or are you responding to the mother of your kids? Exactly. Right? Like, are you responding in a through a parenting lens where there's not all those emotions about all the other stuff? Or are you going in with it, you know, weapons drawn because you just don't really like your ex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So- Let's talk about where your relationship is now with her as years have gone on. What type of things, you know, do you show up to events together? Do you do like joint events? Do you do it all just the two oh. of you? Do you?
2: Oh, I've got so many stories. All right. You <laughs> lay down. Um,
1: I mean, we, we got
2: there fairly organically. She went through a couple of hard times at the beginning of COVID and we showed up for her. And it's not that we showed up for her. We showed up for what the kids needed us for. And I think that's something that it was a hard pill for my husband to swallow. And I kept saying to him, I'm like, you're not doing this for her. You're doing this because it has a direct impact on the kids. So, long story short, she needed to make some changes to a situation she was in. And it required taking the kids out of that situation. So she went through a bit of a hard time at the beginning of COVID. She had a situation that she just needed to improve on a home life situation. We, she actually came to us because she felt it was better for the kids to be removed while she figured this out. It wasn't necessarily that they were unsafe or in any harm or danger. It just, from a consistency standpoint, Let's just get them here. They can stay here. Now, ironically, that was on March 12th of 2020. Oh, wow. March 13th. <laughs> that was is right the day when the world shut down. <laughs> they shut everything down. Yeah. So we had the conversation with the kids on March 12th that they were going to start their week with us like normal, and then they would stay for a little bit, not knowing. <laughs> That the next day was they're not coming back from March break. They're not anything, yeah, So what we envisioned this to be ended up being much tougher. Mm. I ended up being home a hundred percent of the time with all three kids. Oh, my husband my... was considered essential, mm. and so he was out of the home. With that, it took a lot of work on all three of our parts to really get the kids through this change. Not only was it a change for their home life, it was also a change for their daily schedule. They weren't going to school. They weren't seeing people. They weren't doing any of these things. And through that, my husband and I made a really pivotal and tough decision in, and this is going to sound weird because I know a lot of people are not going to relate to this, We decided the best thing to do was for her to be here for a home visit. Yeah. (laughs) So she didn't, not that she moved in. Okay. But starting to get all all sweaty. Yeah, I know. All her time with the kids was here. Wow. So she'd be in your home. She would come to our home. So. If it wasn't COVID, I don't necessarily think that this is the way it would have gone. She could have taken them out. She could have gone and done things with them. Right. But that yeah. wasn't possible. Right. And so she wanted to have dinner with the kids. We had her for dinner. The kids wanted to have dinner with her. We had her for dinner. We understood that we could not ask the kids to not see their mom. We could not ask the kids to see their mom on the front porch or in the driveway. Like, it's just... That's not healthy for them. It's just we we needed to just swallow it and know that what we were doing might have been a little uncomfortable, but it was for the kids.
1: Yeah. The to pandemic honestly, I think it was man. a lot more
2: uncomfortable for her.
1: Really? Oh yeah. I oh, could yeah. see that. She was coming yeah. in your territory.
2: She's coming into our home. We've got family pictures up. She's got everything like that. And she took it like a champ.
0: Yeah. There good was for
2: her. never any snide remarks or hurt towards us. At that time, I think she really started to appreciate that we weren't making her feel bad for being in the situation she was in. She was trying to get out of it. She was trying to do all she could. And she knew that we were going to step up and be there because we needed that for her and for the kids. Because how she is from a mental capacity has a direct effect on the kids, and those are still, those are still the kids we love, and those are the kids that we need to support, no matter what that is, and if that means supporting an important person in their life,
1: that's what we're going to do. The totally and totally embodying the put the kids first. A hundred percent, yeah. And it was it was hard.
2: It was really hard. So, but it was
1: necessary. From a a mad respect to all of you involved, but stepmom (laughs) to stepmom right now. Okay, so like, because I have anxiety, just normal life, and then being a stepmom and dealing with you know just all the dynamics there. That first time she came over for dinner, what? How were you mentally? Like, were you like? Buzzing around, like, oh my, like, anticipating, did you feel comfortable? Did you feel confident? Like, where, how were you going in? Because the stem listening here that can't even fathom the situation, like, are you sweating like me? Because, I mean, <laughs> BioMom hasn't even, to be, to be honest <laughs> with you, I barely even remember it. Yeah. Okay. And I so really trauma. think, I'm just
0: kidding.
2: <laughs> I mean, it could be, but it, I don't necessarily know if it was trauma because of that. Or if it was just plain old COVID trauma. Sure. My entire life has shifted. I have gone from a a business in the office nine to six every day. I have gone from that to now I'm at home trying to work and do school with three kids. Yeah. It was a dark time for a lot of us. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I... I don't have kids of my own. I was not necessarily a parent per se. I was learning on my feet. We had, at that time, I'd only lived with the kids for a year and a half. So we were really, it was trial by fire for us all. So I don't have a lot of recollection. The, the biggest thing I actually remember, it didn't feel weird from an inside perspective, from this because I feel like we were starting to get to that family dynamic it was funny how other people Mm. took it -hmm. like from both us like I I do remember her reaching out and just be like my friends think this is crazy (laughs) they're like they're like you go to their house and you just sit there with the kids and watch (laughs) movies and hang out and she's like well yeah but they go like, we respected that this was her time.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: So we would kind of, we would go up to the bedroom, like, we would watch TV in there so that we weren't encroaching. She, we wanted her to know that if she was wanted actually to have a conversation with the kids, yeah. it was her space to do that with. Wow. And her friends couldn't get it. Our friends couldn't get it. And it's just like, but we kind of just turned to them all and said, but we don't have to. Like this is what we have to do to make sure we are, we're raising healthy and happy kids.
1: Yeah. So I imagine that, that, that situation alone really progressed your relationship and trust and communication and just kind of solidifying all everyone's intentions moving forward. So.
2: Yeah. And I took her on kind of like as a, I guess I would any female girlfriend at the time, I was just like, nope, that's unacceptable. You can't take that. You can't. And I, and I, so I really kind of, as she's explaining issues, like she would call my husband, but we would both be there. And I'm just like, no, you can't take that. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, you got to make this change. You got to do this change. And it's all the ex- advice I would give to my best friend if she called in tears, not sure what to do. And I think she really took that as, we really supported whatever she needed to do to get herself back
1: Figured to out, where yeah. she needed
2: to be for these kids and for herself. Like, she's still a human being and she's a really good mom, and we want her to continue showing up that way. And if we don't support her in this way, we couldn't guarantee she was going to continue that way. And that's not what we wanted for anybody. So, we got a really nice thank you email when. Every, all in the dust cleared, and we got back to week on, week off, and they were in a healthier situation, and everything was good. We got a really nice email, and she just said, she's like, when you first came into the kid's life, I was terrified that you were trying to take them, and I didn't know what kind of person I was getting, and she's just like, I'm so thankful it's you, and I really appreciate, and like, so it was, I think that just validated every decision we made. Yeah. No matter how hard they were, there was still people at the end of this. And it really spoke volumes to it and what we needed to do.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's just and gone forward from there. <laughs> yeah. That email alone, right? It shows you who she is and the ability to do that and to even share what she thought in the beginning. And I think that that's what a lot of Biomom's fears are, right? Because when it comes down to it, they don't get to pick us, right? They don't get to choose who the next person in their kids' lives is going to be. And there's a lot of fear in that. And I totally recognize that. And I think it's really big of her to acknowledge that that's the space that she was in and and to see that like, hey, like I, I do appreciate you and and to I think every stepmom <laughs> wants to hear that at some point, even if you say that you don't, right? Like it's just nice to feel acknowledged in that way. So, and I think too like if I if I'm
2: talking to any bio moms out there like and if you feel like you can have a conversation like that like maybe not in the very beginning when you don't know that person but if you're starting to feel a little more comfortable have that conversation of like yeah, I could do this lot. is what I was afraid of like cuz I was the first person to be like no way am I am I looking to do that and I think sometimes you have to hear it from the stepmom's voice not from the husband or yeah. the ex oh yeah there that's lip service at that point because sometimes that's all they are to each other and it's like you really have to hear it from the person that's in there that they sincerely are not looking to to step in on the relationship that you have with your kids and it, 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 like have that conversation and then you both can walk away knowing that 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 hurdle has been crossed they don't want that. You don't want that. So let's work towards making sure that that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So yeah, so it's only progressed from there. I there is so many things that we have done as a family that I think people we're not the vacation type family okay. by any right. means, <laughs> but we are comfortable. We just actually took the middle to school. He's he's away like six and a half hours two cars but we all had dinner the night before like we spent a lot of time together moving him in and doing all that kind of stuff because those are those are memories for for my stepson but they're also memories for my husband and my mom and I don't want those tarnished no matter what and so if it's a little uncomfortable it's a little anything you just, sometimes you just got to do you uncomfortable things. It and it's not yeah. always a step family thing. Like in your entire life, you're going to have to do things that you're just a little bit uncomfortable with. And I really, when I'm starting to feel those uncomfortable moments, I just kind of look around and I'm just like, am I uncomfortable? Am I just uncomfortable because I'm, it's a blended family thing? Or am I uncomfortable because I'm not sure what I'm doing? Or is this really important to everybody else and I just need to, to suck it up? And know that I'm showing up for my family. Yep. We did family photos before he left.
1: Oh my gosh. All of us.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. It was that is probably, I will say that was probably in the last five years, or maybe since COVID, since we we really turned the corner. That was probably the most uncomfortable I felt.
1: Yeah. Like question so i mean you might have just were about to say this but like
2: that's okay i know it's a it's a topic that a lot of people are just like i'm sorry what <laughs> was
1: there discussion about who's doing photos with who did you feel awkward standing on the on the sidelines as some photos are being no. taken were there okay no no to I didn't feel there, that at was all? there a plan okay so you didn't feel but was there like a plan on what kind of photos no. were are gonna no okay i would
2: if i had been in control they would have been a plan but we, <laughs> but we were just active participants we were asked to be there no. which to me was a reason to show up in itself we didn't demand to be there we were it was we were we were thought of we were considered and it was an important piece for the kids so she looked at it as something she wanted to do with her three kids, but she also knew that the three kids would want something with us, and it probably took as much for her to ask as it did for us to show up. Yeah, and so damn we we just we did it. It was it was an awkward car. Not we didn't go together, but my husband and I were very much just like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? But once we got there and we saw the kids and they were they they like girlfriends were there so it wasn't exactly just her the three kids my husband and i There was like girlfriends were there from because obviously we have older kids so okay. they've got significant okay. others and so it was like a big event it wasn't awkward to stand out because if i was standing out generally one of the girlfriends was standing out too or vice versa like she was never standing out on her own like there was always like a One of the kids' girlfriends were there, or that kind of thing. So, okay, it wasn't that bad once we got there. Oh, yeah, but it was like coordinated outfits. It was,
0: yeah, oh my, everything. All
2: right.
1: So, you're gonna have to send me one of these photos. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need proof of the, of this. (laughs) I will, (laughs) when I send, (laughs) I find
2: one. I haven't received any. We did take a couple um, of all of us together. I don't have any proof of those ones yet. I have some of the proofs of like my husband and the kids and like me and my husband and the kids. Okay. And they turned out really well. Good. But I'll have to find (laughs) one when she sends them over, which I know she will. She'll send them over. I think that the end goal was we wanted the the middle kid that we were just dropping off at school. If he wanted to have a picture of the most important people in his life, all in one picture frame because dorm rooms are tiny. And boys are boys. Like you're lucky if you get one picture frame. Sure. In their room at all. Uh That's not like a girlfriend or their friends. They, we wanted him to be able to know that he didn't have to pick and choose.
1: Yeah. That's cool. And that
2: kind of where is where that went from. But even the kids were just like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And even my husband said to me, he's like, because you're going to school. Like this is
1: like, yeah, everybody's got to put their big
2: pants on. Like, let's just make mom happy. It's, it's a big monumental moment for the parents. And I think we have to remember that too. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a big thing. And if you need to do a couple of awkward things to get them through to those moments, there are things
1: that are, people are going to
2: remember for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So before we wrap up, I can't have this. end in a way where we don't also talk about, and and I'm saying this specifically, because we had mentioned it before hitting record. So we can't end without first level without talking about boundaries and where it is in your home of maybe this is getting a little too far done because, right? Like even going to the other side of the spectrum of what you knowing, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. And now you're in a better place and things are good, but you still, you're not that family that vacations together. Right? So like, how have you and your husband developed boundaries, identified them enforced them? What kind of if you have any like said rules, do you feel within your home of like, no, this is where I would draw the line?
2: Uh, I think we've gotten <laughs> to the point where we need to establish those. Okay. We, and I'm not going to say, so maybe I'll say this first. It's not always perfect. When we got married a year ago, there was a hundred percent a backslide to the relationship between the three of us. She had a really hard time. There was some some texts that went through that were very strongly worded. And I didn't talk to her for a couple of weeks. And we got another one of those apology emails. And it took me another week to kind of to process. read through that, to process it. Then we kind of worked towards building that back up. She owned up to her emotional feelings and how... And then I owned up to how I took it. We have, because of the season that we're in with the older kids, we really have to put a lot aside based off what we did, we had before. Clothes have to go back and forth. Phones are shared. Like you can't do all the rules that you used Separate, to have to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. They're teenagers. They don't let that happen. Yeah. They want their jeans. They don't care whose house they're at. Sure. Um So because of that, it's probably blurred a bit of the boundaries we necessarily had before. And in other ways, it's almost kind of negated some boundaries because when you get to that point, it's like a continuous home. So as much as it's our home and her home, when you get to the ages of 13 to 18, 19 and i say 19 cuz i'm in canada and that's the drinking oh, age okay you have to make sure that your rules and your your curfews and your bedtimes and your they have to be the same because at this age if they're not the same you are you were in for world war 3 and if it's well mom lets me stay up till 10 and you're making them go to bed at 9 they're going to hate your house. And it, it, that is not a hill that's worth dying on. So because of that, and in the last couple of years, I will say boundaries have blurred significantly, especially between her and I. She will tell you right outwards, she prefers to parent with me. Yeah. I prefer to not parent at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's hard that way. But I also know that there are certain times where if she tries to parent with my husband, our night's ruined. And it's just like, ugh, if I just take a 10-minute phone call with her and communicate everything that I know, he's not going to communicate or going to screw up communicating uh-huh. because he just has these Can't blinders on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I It's just going to save. We can watch the movie we wanted to watch. And not get fifteen text messages, so we've done that. If I choose, I've done a couple seasons of disengaging.
1: Mm-hmm. Love how you said that. Couple seasons, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Where we have we've kind of looked and we've looked at each other, and it's just like it is. It's not serving me. It's not serving the teen we still have living here. For me to be parenting like I have been. So we disengage, but when that happens, we share that with her as well, which again, maybe is a blurred boundary that we don't need, but we do that because she is prone to call me first. So we do that so that she will understand maybe why I'm not picking up the phone. Why I'm not answering the group text. Why I'm not doing that because we don't, I'm also not a mean person. I don't want her to think she did something wrong when it's literally just We need to do this for the mental health of everybody. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 And he needs a break from me. Like, I'm not his mom, but I work from home, which means I'm the last face he sees in the morning. I am the first face he sees when he gets home. I'm the person that he usually has to tell things to because his dad's not here. And sometimes that's just not healthy for both of us. He needs his actual parents. And sometimes I have to remind him. Like, your parents are here. <laughs> like You don't have to. He did that the other day. He got really mad at me for something. And I was just like, dude, like, I don't have to help you. So either get on board with me helping you or stop asking. And then he just did the teenage eye roll stomp away, slam door shut. <laughs> 30 minutes later, he's at my door wanting something again. And I just looked at him. I was like, your dad is downstairs.
1: Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he was just like, and then he got mad at me again. But then his dad stepped in. He's like, just come to me, dude. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like, you don't, like, I can help you.
1: My stepson does it all the time. And I'm like, it's, dude, it only gets worse. You get literally teenagers. walked by your dad. Like, yeah. You, why are you coming to me with this? Yeah. I think as they get
2: older, it's a little easier to communicate that. Like, as they get older, I'm just like, asked dad. Like, yes, I can do it for you, but let's get used to asking that and realize it doesn't have necessarily anything to do with me or you. It's just, this is the way it needs to be. So, but we've gotten to the point now with relationship wise, where she'll call me if she's got a relationship question, (laughs) she'll call me if she just needs to, to vent about her day, that kind of thing. She does that to my husband a little bit. But he's a little more, yeah, 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 okay. And right. she doesn't get
1: what she wants out of him, so she hangs up and calls me. Calls you. Well, and you had said prior to us recording, like that youth like you you and your husband have both said, like, I think she thinks that we like her a little bit more than we do. <laughs> more than we do. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: My husband a hundred percent. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, That's a good I think thing. that I think. That <laughs> is completely Misaligned, uh-huh. but I think as the this is what we've got—maybe four years, really, three years Last left, four years. years. I think as those get on, those are things we're going to be able to claw back on. Sure. Where yeah, we we won't have to to answer the phone as much. We won't have to have those conversations, and she won't be a part of necessarily our daily lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But I tried to live by the mantra of we've done it both ways. And it's much easier to take that 10 minute venting about her relationship than it is the two weeks of absolute misery because she's not at us. Yeah. And it really takes us understanding that on how we want our lives to go sometimes means we're going to It's not even saying we're bending. We're just being nice. And sometimes being nice saves the other way. And the other way was so much harder. So much worse. So much
1: everything. (laughs) Like
2: I wouldn't I would not go back to that in a million years.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, overall, you've explained this, you know, the spectrum of things. And I think, you know, our goal here was to share a story of hope and that things can change. And and I think you laid it out really of like, it takes transparency from both sides. It takes humanizing both sides. It takes communication and the own inner work f- from all around and putting the kids first. And, you know, not every situation can get to that point. And I think it's always, you know, I, I use the word always, but I, I, in doing this for so long and talking to so many fans, it, is usually because there's one party that is not committed to growth. It's usually one party that's not committed to making change and to bettering the situation and to actually think about the kid's perspective or to just not be so angry anymore. Right? Like they need to like, wake up and go, you know what, this isn't working. And I mean, we've all talked about, uh, we've talked about the reasons why, but you know, I think your situation you know, what you've expressed here is, is that everyone was committed to, you know, making it a better situation. And that's awesome. I'm going to... And I, and I give her props for it too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As much as it was me, it was
1: her too.
0: Yeah, You
2: both have to lead in that way. And if, if it's only one, it's not going to happen. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So I didn't share this with you prior, but I'm, you can, this might get edited out. If you say no, but I'm gonna do a little plug here and that we didn't really get to talk about the teenager stuff. But no, I would love I guess, to no, talk- no, we
2: didn't. Because I think I will I just to add to that before you go, I think the teenage years sometimes cause you to have to to build this relationship. I don't know how we would parent teenagers. And I and I say that, I'm sure it's possible. I haven't had to explain. I don't know how we would parent these teenagers if all three of us couldn't communicate. Like I had zero idea how that would be possible.
1: Yeah. So I want to pick your brain about the teenagers and I'm going to throw a plug in here that if you're up for it, you and I can record a private episode for my Patreon community and they will get to hear you. And because the fact that you had, you came into it with nine-year-olds, 13 and then 19 was the oldest 17. one. 17. 17. Okay. Like yeah. there's a lot of content there. So if you're up for it, I would love to record sure. a bonus episode for my private community and they can hear that because of course. Um, yeah. I'm 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 rolling into I'm the, no, he's almost I'm 13 no, expert. no, but I think the communication I'm I'm gonna pick your brain because with my stepson being 13 okay. in a couple of months, or not a couple of months, you know, next year, but like He's already, you said eye rolling yeah. earlier and I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So oh yeah. thank oh, you yeah. so much for working this out with me. And I hope that stepmoms listening, you know, took away some guide, you know, that guidance on if you're about to develop a relationship with bio mom, what that looks like. And then if bio moms are listening, you know, we're in this together, and we aren't evil, and we're trying, you know, to yeah. go through with it or to go, you know move through it in a healthy way. Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate of you. Course. And as always, be well and
0: stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over. But do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.